The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tuesday edition of the Round Ball Stew podcast on NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Ryan Knaus. With me, as usual, my co-host, Jared Johnson. Jared. Hello. Hello. I know there's a there's a lot you want to talk about, and we had a busy 10-game night last night. A ton to cover. Do you want to just jump right in here with Pickup of the Day? Let's jump in. Let's do it. All right. All right. So we're going to lead off. I'm switching it up. So our swish section with top performances for Monday and top fantasy performances uh, is going to be kicked off with the pickup of the day this week. This comes from our colleague, Steve Alexander. This is exclusive to the Edge Plus Season Tools. Get a little preview of it on Tuesday's pod. He's writing about Jared Vanderbilt. Quote, Vando hit six of 10 shots and four of five free throws for 16 points, 11 boards and two steals on Monday while seven of his rebounds were of the offensive variety. This was his first double-double of the season, and while he had scored in single digits in his previous nine games, he's had double-digit rebounds in three straight. He has five blocks and seven steals in his last four games alone. The Wolves have also won four straight games, and Vando has played at least 25 minutes in each of those. It might be time for him to break out, end quote. And then Steve goes on to name 18 more pickups from last night, by the way. So just another reason you should check out. Yeah, you should check out the Edge Plus season tools because it's loaded with good pickups. It might be time for Vando to break out. I would say this kind of is his breakout. I don't think 16 and 11 is going to happen very often. I think the defensive stats are where his value lies. He's already getting there. I mean, if sure, if he's getting 33 minutes a night, it's a different story. But yeah. um, do you feel? Do you see a ceiling for this guy? I, I mean, is this is this who he is? Like, you expect defensive stats? If he scores, it's just a bonus. I expect him to constantly toy with my emotions, and I expect all <laughs> of Minnesota's power forwards to constantly toy with my emotions. But look, we thought that it was going to be Jaden coming into the season. It's not. Yep. Like, there's four different power forwards there. If you're counting Nathan Knight, we thought maybe Tarian Prince could just ruin everything, but he's not. And right now, uh, <laughs> Vanderbilt is playing well. Uh, so it, if the minutes are there, he tends to perform. The problem is the minutes aren't always there. But, yeah, I think that with how well he's playing as of late, he's worth a look. I'm totally with you. I would pick him up. And you said that the Wolves have four power forwards. I would argue that they have zero and that the four <laughs> players that they're, they're trying to cram into that position. Maybe Vanderbilt is the best of the bunch. He also he's- kind of, well, yeah, he's, he's as close as it gets. And he typify, I mean, he's not a stretch four in today's NBA, but cat can hit him, So it doesn't really matter. And he typifies their defense. Like, their defense has been awful for many years and they now are having some success by just being like a mix it up, super aggressive, getting passing lanes, get deflections kind of team. In fact, I think they're somewhere at the top of the league in deflections and that starts basically with Vando. So uh, I think he's locked in as a starter. Go get him. Moving on to another guy who had a great game last night, Jaron Jackson, Jr. Jared, 
Did you manage to catch the end of this game? I didn't see it, but oh, it was a it was one to to remember. I saw the close score at the end, so I tuned in, and there was a tip off with 14 seconds left because there was a sort of controversial goaltending call and the refs ruled that the ball didn't have a chance of going in. So they ended up just tipping it off at midcourt with 14 seconds left. Grizzlies win the tip. John Morant draws some defenders, kicks out to Jaron Jackson Jr., hits a three-pointer for the lead. Grizzlies hold on for the upset win. So it was a fantastic finish. And JJJ ended with 26 points, eight boards, four threes, three steals, two blocks, and zero turnovers in 34 minutes. A thing of beauty, Jared. You know what my favorite part about that stat line was? Just three personal fouls. And Mm. that is absolutely huge. Uh, This season, he's down to a career low 3.2 personal fouls per game. In his previous three years, he was a fouling machine, but he has thus far, it looks like he's turned the corner in that department. And as long as he's able to stay out of foul trouble, he can have these wonderful stat lines with awesome minutes. Mm-hmm. That's something we highlighted, I think, on our first or second pot of the season. We talked about JJJ's foul issues, especially on a per 36 minute basis and how he just wasn't reining them in, but that narrative has changed. So fantastic stuff. If you see a a Yahoo video soon in which I'm calling Jaron Jackson a buy low opportunity and encouraging managers to leave no stone unturned in their pursuit of him, note that that was recorded prior to to him blowing up last night. So I think the (laughs) buy low window may have just slammed shut. Another guy who the clock may be ticking while you can get him is RJ Hampton. He had 14 points, eight boards, five dimes, two steals, and a three in 31 minutes. He was coming off a game with nine dimes. Jared, percentages are a concern here for sure. He's still only averaging 1.1 steals per 36 minutes, might turn the ball over, but is this a guy you consider must add even in nine cat where the percentages and turnovers hurt? Yes. I think after Monday's game, I, or was it Sunday? The first good game, I tweeted, <laughs> go get go get RJ Hampton now, ask questions later. And mm-hmm. he followed up that 19.9 dime game with another solid performance last night. Look, this guy is loaded with upside. He's flashed it four times this year. And also, uh, in eight games in May, small sample size, small sample size, small sample size, small sample size, eight games in May, he had 16 points, 7.1 rebounds, 5.6 dimes, 1.3 triples, and he shot 45.7% from the field, 66.7% from the stripe. That's going to be an issue. But I think he has the ability to not to like go a solid month with being a solid shooter. And I think once Terrence Ross gets off this team or they decide to just straight up bench him, the floor is his. So I really love this guy's upside. I kind of I picked him up with the intention of treating him as a stash. And whenever he goes off like this, great. But I'm Mm. really in the long haul. And I'm going to just basically expect this second half explosion that I anticipate to be on the way. I'm fully on board with that. I think grab him. Yes, there are going to be some very bad games. But I think in the end, it will be worth it for the counting stats. Uh, You mentioned his finish to the year last year. And obviously, Terrence Ross plus Gary Harris. Like, why is he getting minutes or even in the picture? So definitely go get Hampton. All right, Jared, I'm going to cue you up here. You wanted to talk some Wizards. I think Bradley Beal is at the top of your mind. So why don't you take the floor? 
Bradley Beal has gotten off to a oddly bad start from distance this season. He shot two of seven from from the perimeter last night, and it's just been bad. Uh, prior, but prior to this season, Beal had never shot under thirty four point nine percent from three point territory. And if you look at all of the seasons prior to this one, thirty seven point seven percent from distance. This year. On 6.9 attempts, he is only converting 27.8 of those, Hmm. 27.8% of those. So I guess what I'm trying to say is at 28 years old, Bradley Beal is clearly washed. We all need to panic, and uh, you should trade me him for Ken Birch. (laughs) Your thoughts? (laughs) For Ken Birch. Well, I reject that trade, and I reject all future (laughs) trade offers. Thank you for that made that nice and easy yeah i mean when you see things like that i see i love stuff like that because i mentioned one of the things i mentioned in jaron jackson jr for instance was the fact that you know his three-point shooting great it'll come and go and he's got a bit of a strange kind of push shot from distance but i pointed out that he was shooting 40.8 percent within eight feet of the hoop this this year prior to last night he'd never been below 58 percent before in his career so I'm like, there's an 18% gap. Yeah. He didn't forget how to make shots within eight feet of the hoop. It's going to improve. Exactly. And and with it will, you know, is whatever it was, 37% shooting is going to rise accordingly. So you when you identify things like what you just said about Beal's three-point percentage, that's not going to last all season. He's simply exactly. too good. And maybe part of it is adjusting to playing with, with Dinwiddie and adjusting to new teammates and finding his spots and where he's most comfortable all of that is going to get sorted out. So, yeah, absolutely. Just take advantage of that if you can. Uh, it's not like Beal's owners are selling them at a steep discount, but, you know, worth worth going for it. Well, I don't know because, like, I have him in a league and I sent an offer to someone and they kind of laughed at it. So I do think his value <laughs> is quite low at the moment. So I think that okay. you should reach out to Beal's managers because sure. maybe, maybe they aren't – they don't know that – that three-point percentage is bound to correct. And when it does, the lines are going to be scorching. That's true. And it's a sort of a logical fallacy I fall into to project my own opinions onto other managers where I'm like, well, if I had Beal, I would know that he's going to break out. So therefore, everyone must think that way. Maybe not the case. Maybe they're frustrated, etc. So worth testing. All right, let's move on to LaMelo Ball. He had another excellent stat line. Last night, 28 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, three threes, three steals, and a block. Now, as usual, not great percentages, high turnovers, but I put this under the argument of like, who cares for fantasy? Like, we kind of knew he was going to hurt you there anyway. It's kind of like how you approach Luca's free throw percentage. Yes, it hurts his overall value. You can't ignore it. But at the same time, when LaMelo is putting up lines like last night, do you care that he shot 42% from the field and missed some free throws? I doubt it. No. Jared, does it surprise you to hear? I just looked at points bets, most uh, most improved player odds, and they have Lamella Ball at plus five thousand, which seems wild to me. I mean, we'll, we can get to the other players on the list, but Lamella was up four points per game to nineteen point eight. He's up a full three pointer per game. He's shooting three percent better from deep. He's up fifteen percent at the free throw line to ninety percent. I think if I read that right, it might just be in November. He's up two point two boards to eight point one, and he's up half a steal. So that I mean, to me, those numbers scream most improved, and his team is doing well. But there's a lot of players between him and John Morant, who is the favorite at plus one seventy five. What do you make of that discussion? 
Huh. You said plus 5,000? I think. <laughs> Unless I misread the odds. Yeah, way down the list. Wow. Uh, My assumption being that because he was so good last year, it makes it that, harder for, that would be for him case. to get those yeah. votes. I think that he's not going to win it, but at plus 5,000, geez, I went put five bucks on that. and <laughs> He's basically part of the field at plus 5,000. So Darius Garland's plus 5,000, Nikhil Alexander-Walker plus 5,000, RJ Barrett. So somehow LaMelo Ball on points bet as of right now has the same odds to win most improved player as Terrence Mann and RJ Barrett. That's intriguing. I don't, I, I, I don't think... I don't think that's he's going to I just don't think he's going to win. But honestly, with odds like that, I might just like put five bucks on it and see what happens. I'm fully with that approach. Put five bucks on him. Put five bucks on Anthony Edwards at plus thirty three hundred. <laughs> hey, spread some Lincolns around. See what happens. All right. Let's get to some less savory performances last night. Jalen Suggs, we're going to have to start with. He is the most dropped player on Yahoo. Jared, I don't know if that surprises you or not, but today alone, a few thousand managers have cut him. This comes on the heels of him playing 17 minutes in a blowout loss to Milwaukee. His minutes have been steady in the mid-20s, but he has more turnovers than assists in the month of November. He's shooting 32% on the season. I mean, what do you make of Suggs? I don't have him anywhere, so I, I haven't had to go on this emotional, I would say, roller coaster, but I guess it's all been downs pretty much. You know, do you hold him or are you one of those thousands of managers cutting bait? I've been advocating for cat cutting him. <laughs> if you read our blurbs, the ones by me are saying, we wouldn't blame you for cutting him. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't see it. Uh, he's He's killing you. Maybe in a points league, you keep him. But I mean, what is he even doing in a points league? Like, none of the stats are there. Mm, not much. Uh, so maybe he'll be good next year, but I don't think this year is his season. I mean, yep. I think when when we have players that, that like, analysts kind of like, okay, this is a top three player, and then they don't go in the top three, that's always a red flag to me. And hmm. we're seeing it. And also, something that Aaron said very early, in a very early podcast, someone asked Aaron, like, do you think that, Suggs can put it together this season. And everyone was like, well, I don't know. He has a lot of talent, but he can go on these long stretches. He's a streaky shooter. Hmm. Shout out to Aaron, man. Because that, that stuck in my head. And it's just, it's true. We're not streaky even would be streaky. an improvement. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, streaky would be an improvement. We're only seeing bad. Um, right. So I, I, I just, no, so send him to the wire. He's hurting you. He's hurting you. Yeah, I, I have no case to make for him at this point. The opportunity is there. Maybe it'll come around, but... I'm not holding him in the meantime. That's our colleague, Aaron Robinson, by the way. You can go find him on Twitter. TJ McConnell, not a great game. He had four points, three boards, zero defensive stats in 21 minutes off the bench. He did have six boards, but this is six consecutive games in which he's failed to score double-digit points or make a single three-pointer. Six straight games. The Pacers are an 8-11 and 11 team, but they're 3-3, three and three, while McConnell has been in that low-scoring stretch. He's still obviously good for steals, even though he didn't have one on Monday. He'll give you some dimes, great percentages, but he's extremely low volume. So it's kind of a wash there. You know, do you have optimism, I guess, that he'll be more than a late round guy in his no. current role? We we know that if he starts and gets a ton of minutes, he can be fantastic. But so that was a no. Yeah, no. Hard no. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I just I don't. There is so much going on in Indiana, so much going on. And we haven't even seen Warren play yet. And he's due mm -hmm. back in about a month. 
so how is McConnell? Look, McConnell had an incredible year last year, but like all of the Pacers were injured. And now they have like 357 really good players on this roster. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't, I'm, he's completely off my radar. I have no good expectations hmm. for him. Um, I'm also, I'm nervous about literally everyone, like except for Karis LeVert, I guess. And even him, uh, like Sabonis' dimes are way down. Like what happens to Sabonis when when this team is fully healthy? Is this team ever going to be fully healthy for like 20 games? I don't know. If you're not nervous about Karis LeVert, then you you have some extreme faith, my friend. (laughs) I have a lot of faith. 25 minutes a game, three dimes. Yeah. Anyway, not not great numbers, but I see your point. There's a lot of a lot of especially on the wings, I would say a lot of red flags there in Indy. All right. We've got some scoreless lines. These are always fun. Tyrese Halliburton scoreless on five shot attempts. He did have nine dimes and a steal in 33 minutes. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about the Kings last night under interim coach Alvin Gentry. Lonzo Ball was scoreless. He was 0 of 7 shooting. And Franz Wagner one up to them both. He was scoreless on O of nine shooting. Anything there that seems lasting or worrisome to you? Oh well, uh, Halliburton. Yes, I am nervous about Halliburton because hmm. uh, coaching change. He comes out with this stinker. There's this is another situation where the entire team is guards. I don't know. I was not big on Halliburton coming into the season. And it's not great when you see the coaching change and he comes out with a stinker like that. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I, he oh, does, that's it. He makes me. I think we're. Me. I think we're very much on the opposite end of the spectrum here. I I love Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's fantastic in reality, and I think he's really good for fantasy. Not so much points leagues, but for nine cat, he's like built for it, and he's I think sitting somewhere around top fifty on the season. Still got 33 minutes last night and the nine dimes. You know, obviously Gentry's going to put the ball in his hand. So I'm happy with it. So let's see. There were other bad performances, but let's jump ahead. We're spending a lot of time on the top part of the show. So we want to get to the fast break before we run out of time. But first, a reminder that everyone should go download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Wizards and Pelicans, Bulls and Rockets, and Hawks and Spurs on Wednesday. So if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, download it now wherever you find apps. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Okay, let's get to the fast break, Jared. We have a decent amount of time, so we don't have to be breathless at the end of this, but um, let's get a couple wind sprints in all the same. Jalen Brown returned last night. He scored Ooh. 19 points, did it efficiently, chipped in across the board. Robert Williams III was also back for Boston. Uh, he had a block in 23 minutes, attempted only one shot, but made it uh, mostly score-based. There wasn't a ton going on. Tatum blew up. Dennis Schroeder came off the bench. Anything you saw from from Jalen Brown or or Schroeder's move to the bench that intrigues you, worries you? Just just love Jalen Brown being back. He looked fine. The hamstring looks great. That was my. I wanted him to take as much time as he needed. It looks like that happened. And I also mm-hmm. like seeing Dennis Schroeder staying uh, relevant in the reserve role, which he was playing well. There's no way he's going to match the production he was as a starter. But when he provides the line like he did last night in the reserve role good good yeah i think that's all you can expect this was a blowout and he probably shooter played 28 minutes he probably would have cruised past 30 would you know if he had to be on the court at the end of the game i guess my problem with him is that you know it's the same narrative he's inefficient he's got spotty dimes and steals and he's not going to hit a ton of three pointers so in the end, you're looking at pretty inefficient scoring. So although the stat lines look nice sometimes and he'll pop occasionally, it just doesn't add up to a ton of eight cat, nine cat value. So my opinion would be wait until he gets hot and try to flip him. All right. None of Houston's starters scored double digit points last night in the 108-90 loss to Boston. Jalen Green had nine points, two rebounds, a turnover and nothing else in 25 minutes. The Rockets are now a 1-16 team, Jared. Horrible. Um, so J- Jalen Green, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. We don't have to go crazy. But, uh, you know, even without KPJ, we saw some traction from Jalen playing more point guard. You know, he talked about how he, he liked having the ball in his hands, more more familiar role. And then he comes out with another line like this. It hasn't been great. Is there still hope, Jared? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean... <laughs> I, I didn't drop him where I have him. It's like, okay, if this guy is my worst player, so be it. I have really good players elsewhere. I mean, if you want to cut him, go ahead. But I still have faith that the second half explosion could be there. I like watching him play. All right. More also, faith in by the way. More faith in Jalen Green than than Suggs. Go on. Dennis Schroeder is forty five point eight percent from the field and ninety. 0.1% from the stripe. Just going to throw that in there. We can move on. Is he 90% from the stripe this season? 90.6. Well, that's good. That If he finishes the... I would make a side bet that there's no way he finishes 45% <laughs> from the field. But, hey, maybe I'm wrong. That sounds like a uh, jersey. What's his... <laughs> it does. If we were on a different day of the week, maybe we can make that happen. Is that... Well, anyway, see, now I want to do a deep dive on Schroeder's stats, but we don't have time... Jared, we have to keep moving. Um, all right. Alperin Shangun. Yeah, we're in the fast break. <laughs> Staying in Houston. <laughs> Alperin Shangun is getting minutes again. He got 24 minutes on Saturday. He had a 10-6-3 and three line. He ra- racked up eight points, seven dimes, and six rebounds with two steals in 21 minutes on Monday. 
I'm loving his per minute production. We've seen real flashes of what this guy can do. Daniel Tice, forget about it. I mentioned the fact that Houston is one in 16. So it seems like Alperen Sengun's time is now, and he should really start getting minutes in the mid twenties, if not higher pretty much immediately. So I'm all for grabbing him. I don't know what his roster rate is currently, but he's probably under rostered would be my guess. Uh, I'm, I'm all for the pickup. Yeah. 39% roster rate in Yahoo. Is this a guy you're, you're looking to get for sure? Yeah. I like him a lot. He has tons of potential. There's no way that Daniel Tice is going to be starting all year long. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. He like that seven dimes is beautiful from a center. Yeah. And he's another guy who I like. I like watching the Rockets this season, man. Even though they're one in six, it's just about fun time for me to watch. I don't know. I like it. It, Your reactions to both Jalen Green and Shangoon were very like casual approval. So clearly, I I like it. It seems like, (laughs) like the fun factor is bleeding in there. I like it. The Bulls were on a wrong side of a blowout last night at home versus the Pacers. None of their starters played more than 27 minutes. There was not much to enjoy or talk about. Kobe White did start because Alex Caruso was out. He had four points. It's not really worth getting into his stats. Five boards, three dimes, not much else. You've had more faith than White in the past. You know, you you were kind of noncommittal, said you just keep an eye on him. So Long having kept him. an eye on him, anything you see positive here? I have picked him up and dropped him again. Um, <laughs> yeah. He had, a, he had a marginally good game. Uh, the one before that one last night, uh, it was like 14 points and three triples kind of came alive. Uh, both Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso were in foul trouble for that one. But I said, hmm, mm. maybe he can build off this. And he got the opportunity to start his next time out and picked up like three fouls in his first five minutes, went two to ten from the floor. Look, it's not there. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> monitoring him, but I'm, okay. I'm also constantly sending him back to the waiver wire. Yeah, we're monitoring basically every player, so that doesn't mean much. <laughs> um, Terry Rozier, uh, whatever. Terry Rozier got hot, made some shots. He's back. Great. LaMarcus Aldridge, let's talk about him. He almost made the top of the show in the swish section because he had a great game. 21 points, 11 boards, a block, shot 10 of 14 last night in a season-high 34 minutes. So second time in three games that he's logged at least 30 minutes. That's kind of what I'm keeping an eye on because – it seems fluky to me. Like, I don't see him playing 30 minutes a night. But, you know, so my sense is that he's going to hit sometimes, fade away other times. Uh, if and when Millsap comes back, maybe that's even a little bit more risk for Aldridge. Back-to-backs are always going to be risky. So I get it. Like, listen, I like to watch him play. I, I get that he's more than a narrative. He's a really important piece of this team and a big reason for their recent hot stretch. But from fantasy, ah, he just makes me nervous. What? What do you? Okay. First off, you stole my line more than a narrative. He is more than a narrative, Ryan. Uh, he has been good. What do you mean about fantasy-wise? He's posting top 90 numbers. Also, last game was his first double-double of the season. This guy is not washed. He's good. Brooklyn needs a third scorer. He's that. Millsap's not going to be the third scorer. Claxton's not going to be the third scorer. Blake Griffin's not going to be the third scorer. Patty Mills? Really? No, it's LaMarcus Aldridge. This guy is good. He's putting up top 90 numbers. It's not just a narrative. I like having him on my roster. Fiend. (laughs) Stream away. I will say, sure, he's... Well, first of all, I didn't say he was washed. He is 36, and he'll be inconsistent, was my point. But he, I mean, 
have fun, stream him, keep him on your roster. I'm not sad I don't have him, but yeah, he's worth a roster spot. Another guy who might be worth a roster spot, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, double-doubled, albeit bare bones, 13 and 10. He had a dime, a steal, a block, two triples, played 32 minutes. At what point are we taking him seriously? I picked him up. You know, he's only got two games left this week, as Raphael Johnson pointed out on Twitter. So he's not the greatest immediate ad. I did it more in a rest of season sense. You know, young player, terrible team, already getting minutes, showing some potential for defensive stats, which is huge to me. And he's versatile, playing multiple positions. So do you like him enough to go get him? Yeah, I guess I have to finally just acknowledge that he's playing very well. Um, (laughs) And like you said there there's no there's no one blocking his minutes it's not Derek favors <laughs> or anyone uh so yeah it, it, he's he's started a handful of games he's a little bit hit or miss but he's he's trending up playing and uh trending in the right direction i like him yeah i also want a little piece of that you know okc upside and so many of their guys are just unappealing that i'm like i'll take a shot on jre and see if he pays out gonna skip talking about lou dort who cares that's pretty clear uh alexi pokusevsky season high 22 minutes nine points on four of 13 he did have nine boards but zero defensive stats 34 percent shooting on this season 20 percent from deep 62 percent from the line he's one of those guys i just mentioned who the minutes are probably going to be there at some point but i'm going nowhere near toxic 34 20 62 shooting splits like it's a, it's a hard hard pass for me it's going to be a no uh, from me another hard pass i feel like that's starting to become a section there's a <laughs> there's a basketball pun involved we'll, we'll get there i was going to talk hawks but you know what with matt straup and and dr a both hawks fans constantly giving their team some love this is going to be i think the tuesday podcast a hawks free zone jared how do you feel about this <laughs> that's fine Okay. All right. No pushback there. Although that means you can't talk about your boy, Clint Capella. So I can, I can talk about him tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, there's always the four by five. The magic got destroyed in Milwaukee and lost by 31 points. It wasn't even remotely that close. This was a trash game. We mentioned Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, O of nine, but I did want to talk Chuma Okiki warming up nicely. He's averaging 14 points on 57% shooting in his past three games, almost two triples, five boards, 1.3 steals, and one turnover total in that span. I have some thoughts on him, but why don't you lead us off? I mean, we both know those percentages aren't sustainable. (laughs) And then once the percentages go back to the mean, he's averaging single digits and nothing else. That was also a blowout. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's true. It's a three-game sample. I mean, tiny, tiny three-game sample. But I will say in his favor that I'm not worried about Jonathan Isaac hurting him. We don't even know when he's going to come back, how many minutes he's going to play, or whether he can stay on the court. So... You know, I think there's reason enough to grab Okiki, see what happens. But I would put it more in like a 14-team range yeah. for sure. Get a get a guy like Jared Vanderbilt first, etc. Yeah. All right, JaVale McGee's weird streaming value. We'll come back to that because I want to talk about Hassan Whiteside, who I think is basically the same player for fantasy streamer value. Do you urge it? Let's just talk about Whiteside now. Did you agree? I mean, their stats are remarkably similar. Whiteside might be a little more steady. You know, are are you picking him up or do you see him as just a streamer for block shots? Well, I can't pick him up because he's rostered in every single league I'm in. Already. um, Which is 33% of Yahoo leagues. I think he's worth owning. He is 
sorry, managing. He is also shooting 72.2 from the stripe on just 2.1 attempts. So he's not crushing you there. Um, he's yeah. getting the board 7.2 and the blocks 1.5 with just 1.1 turnovers. I mean, it's pretty much boards, field goal percentage, block, low end, mm -hmm. but solid and worth having on your roster. And what um quick thought exercise. Let's say Rudy Gobert gets hurt, sprains his ankle. He's out for two weeks. What fantasy value do you think Whiteside is putting up in nine cat during that stretch? Top what? Shoot. I mean, we all know those guys capable of top 20 numbers. <laughs> and Utah seems to like him. Like in Sacramento last year, he was not playing. He was not a part of the rotation. In Utah, he mm -hmm. is a consistent part of the rotation behind Rudy Gobert. So that tells me if Rudy Gobert ever goes down with an injury, it's going to be watch out for Hassan. Go go to the waiver wire and grab him immediately because would top 20 or top 40 surprise you? It wouldn't surprise me at all. No, top 40 was going to be my, my guess. And honestly, a guy like that with that upside sometimes worth – picking up even if he's only giving you like top 150 value for now I you got agree. that upside on the flip side now gobert is super durable so it might not happen but um but also so, as an insurance policy for gobert if you happen to have gobert oh definitely one too so much the better yep love that all right we are indeed running out of time I, now we enter the true fast break devin vassell kept rolling 17 points on efficient shooting in a full line awesome Dejounte murray it. triple doubled with four stocks monster there's yeah there's some downsides to his game mostly free throw shooting but another who cares situation question oh i may have sent this to you already but in how many games well let's just say it lonnie walker the fourth has more points than shot attempts just six times this season all season he scored more points than he has had shot attempts six times not very That's good <laughs> Nikhil alexander walker has done that seven times and Jalen Suggs has done it seven times. Uh, Don't ask great. me why I spent the time <laughs> looking that up. Point being, they're all deeply, deeply inefficient. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was benched in favor of Garrett Temple last night. It didn't go well. The result was another loss for New Orleans. But it's not a good look for Alexander-Walker. I don't think a bench roll destroys him, but doesn't help. It's weird. It's weird. New coach trying <laughs> new things. I mean, maybe he'll be yeah. back in the starting lineup the next time out. Um, yep. Definitely. It was a weird game all around. Uh, the bench got hot. Willie Hernan Gomez ended up with 19 and 11. Yeah, he limited weird. Jonas Valanciunas to 19 minutes. So, Another I game. mean, Willie got Willie got hot. <laughs> Coach Coach Green rode with him. I, I'm not reading too much into it. Willie connection. And uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. might be worth watching. He played 32 minutes, had six dimes, 10 points. On a horrible team like this, I feel like they're just going to run him out there at some point. And Devontae Graham has been pretty bad all season, so... Wouldn't surprise me if he's worth picking up at some point. Put on your watch list. Brandon Clark played a season-high 26 minutes last night. Another quiet nine-cat line. I kind of like him as a sneaky pickup. Desmond Bain took advantage of the absence of DeAnthony Melton and Dylan Brooks. I love Bain, but to me, this is yet another like trade moment. Like, okay, he took advantage of two teammates who are direct threats to him and scored 28 points. Great. See if you can capitalize. I don't know. I think he ranged... I mean, I think... I he goes from like top 50 to top 75. I mean, I'm fine with having him on my roster either way. Okay. Maybe I need to trade him to you then. Sounds like, <laughs> or maybe you should give I, me Gary Trent jr. Sir. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. 
Jared and I have been going back and forth on a Gary Trent Jr. trade. He's trying to get me to bite on Desmond Bain, and I'm saying no thank you. I'll keep Gary Trent. All right, there's only a couple things left. I don't think anything too critical. I do want to end on this note that if you're looking ahead to the weekend and thinking about streaming, there are only two teams that play on Sunday and also Monday for week seven. That would be the Pacers and the Clippers. So if you're going into the weekend thinking about streaming, but also want to get a nice head start for week seven, Pacers and Clippers are two teams to focus on with your waiver wire pickups. And Jared, my final note, Tyler Hero has zero blocks in 538 minutes. <laughs> you love this stat. <laughs> 538 minutes. We're up to it. I'm going to keep gonna, doing it until he blocks a shot. I'm not sure the block is coming. It may, if he goes the whole season. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. Anything else you want to leave us with, Jared? Don't oh, drop you know what? Derek White, guys. I'm getting questions about Derek White. He showed up last night big. Don't drop Derek White, guys. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't drop Derek White. He did show up on a waiver wire. I dropped my entire FAAB budget on him. I had $73 left. Did most, you see most... him on the waiver wire before I mentioned it to you? Oh, yeah. I already had that. That okay. The moment he hit the wire, I put in my entire FAAB budget that makes on me him. Feel somewhat better, but I'm still upset about it. <laughs> he was getting dropped because uh, Yahoo helpfully shows you how many ads and drops players have had. And. White has been dropped by hundreds of managers in recent days. I doubt that. In my chat, I don't know where this narrative is. I don't know who out there is recommending people drop Derek White, but guys, don't do it. It's really good. I don't know that anyone's recommending it. I think his play just was hard for people to stomach, and they kind of lost sight of his overall upside because he had a great game last night. Um, I don't have his. Oh, here's stats. He had. 19 points on 8 of 17 shooting, 4 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 0 turnovers in 40 minutes. That's who he is. That's the key, like, is the blocks from the guard yes. position. Oh, it's crazy. I don't care so. what happens scoring-wise. Right. So anyway, there you have it. Derek White's on the ascent. Another swish. And we'll end on that positive note. Uh, you can tune in tomorrow for the Wednesday 4x5 episode. And we'll catch you back here next Tuesday. Thanks, Jared. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.